There's no way that if you used to want Lambo and babes and you go, but now I'm going to church and I want Lambos and babes, yeah. we might have a problem still. Well, and like, you know, like you, you, you have said consistently before is like the, you know, the, the, the desires of your heart are wicked above all else. You know, who, who can trust the heart of man? It's exactly. like, you know, it's like you were saying the old nature is is i want i want i want sure the new nature is i I need to give you know i need to i need to give this away i need to give that away now and also i've i've received exactly welcome to biblical lenses a podcast that explores the how and why of living as a christian in a pop culture world movies art people everything is up for debate and nothing is held back In each episode, we explore a topic through conversation, banter, and the Bible to try to get to the truth of the matter. We're not pastors or scholars. We're just regular Christians trying to understand the world through the lenses of the Bible. In this episode, we're talking about the prosperity gospel. Are we all supposed to be healthy, wealthy, and happy at all times? Also, Nolan shares a story about running into one of our all-time favorite public figures. All that coming up next. Three, two, wait. One. Wait, wait. Are we doing it in Southern accent? <laughs> I was just trying. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go. I just I'm just really excited to do my my Joel's. Okay, impression. you're doing your Joel's. You get it. Okay, I'm ready. Three, two, one. So that seed. That's right. You kind of sound like Bill Clinton though when you said it's it's very close. It's, it's very, very close. They're both it? Southerners, you know, like J O and, and B C kind of sound the same. Yeah. So I mean, to kick it off, uh, I met Joel Osteen one time. Oh, um, tell the story. Oh, yeah. Ooh, so, tell the story. Have you heard this one before? I, I, I think yeah. I've heard the story. Okay. But so I anyways, hear it again. we were at a we went to a youth pastor. We went to the youth pastors conference and. In Marietta, California, okay. and uh, we were at, we always stop at a Chick Fil A on our way up there because you're and a good Christian because we're good Christians, right? And so we were it's going up there. It was like a Friday afternoon. We stopped at Chick Fil A. We get our meal. We eat. We get into the van, right. and I'm sitting in the van. I'm driving. Stop. Do you get crisscross fries? Yeah, of course. Okay, of course, sorry. I got Chris. Please continue. Yeah, I, mean, I just want, I want to make sure that I, I, I lived in, we didn't have Chick Fil A in Hawaii, so I had to get everything on okay. the menu. Sorry. Yeah, go. So we're sitting there, and I'm sitting in the van. And a, an S like an Escalade pulls up next to me, like blacked out windows, everything. Right. And I look over Biggie and Smalls. big, no, well, no. he was well, dead okay. he was because it was like 2015. Okay. So, so um, I look over and I'm two big muscular guys get out. I was like, somebody important is in that vehicle okay. right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it. And then <laughs> opening the door, <laughs> there's a small little man with fantastic hair that just steps out and I just looked. And so there's a backstory to that. Okay. When, well, me and you, but when I walk into like a Barnes and Noble and I see Joel Olstein's book on the shelf, right. What do you do? I always take my phone out. I, I will Instagram my, me taking the book and either turning around and putting it the other way uh-huh. or putting it on the ground and acting yeah. like I'm taking a poop on it or something like that. Right. So I'm, I'm a very good Christian. Let's right. just say that. But, but I, from that, you are very familiar with the man's face. I'm staring face to face in the with driver's J-O. Window with Jay at a Chick-fil-A. Oh, and it was like just almost the conviction of the Holy Spirit hit me. Like, here is this man that you were just treating like crap on Instagram. But, but you gotta give him you gotta give him props. He too was eating at a Chick-fil-A. Yeah. He could have chosen any place any to other dine place. and he chose Chick-fil-A. <laughs> but like everybody in the van, they saw Joel Olstein. It was like it was like they almost I'm not gonna compare him to Jesus Christ. Either, okay, so, right. But it was like they saw Moses or Paul in the flesh they were just like 
we were all screaming. And Joel Osteen and his security team just look at this plain white van of just people going. Oh my it was God. the closest I've ever gotten to that man. And so I wanted to shake his hand, but I was like, I just don't think. Couldn't do it. I couldn't look him in the eyes like and just be not convicted. So, okay, gotcha. Yeah. But th- anyways, that's my that's my story of being Joel Osteen. Yeah. With that being said, today we're going to be talking about the <laughs> prosperity gospel uh, and also a little bit about prosperity preachers. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good that's a good way to kick that one yeah. off. Um, what? OK, so what is the prosperity gospel? Yeah. Uh, what what, oh, what I'm, I'm asking the question. I feel like I'm going to answer the question because yeah. I have the Wikipedia. Well, I was going to say definition. you're the one that has we tried that in the very first podcast yeah. that we did where I just gave my answer. And then you were like, well, I have the Wikipedia yeah. version. Like, well, so that's you, nice. No, you thanks give, a lot. Yeah. Let you me tell you the, the Wikipedia version. And well, I'm not, not the Wikipedia is like solid or anything, but no. we're going to let's just go with it as a well, working it's definition. Solid, it's as solid as the prosperity gospel is. So you might as well go ahead and get it. Yeah, that was not against what you just said. This is going to be pretty much how we're going to attack this podcast. The whole time. This with insults. Okay. Uh, the prosperity theology, sometimes referred to as the prosperity gospel or the health and wealth gospel, um, is a religious belief among some Protestant Christians, debatable, yeah. um, who hold that financial blessing and physical wellness are always the will of God mm-hmm. for them, and that faith, positive speech, and donations to religious causes will increase one's material wealth. Prosperity theology use the Bible as a contract. This is actually interesting. I didn't know this. Mm. They view it as a contract between God and humans. If humans have faith in God, he will deliver security and prosperity. Nolan, your thoughts. I mean, you could have literally, you, you were like, you're trying to think of words, but what I saw come out of your eyes was, wah, yeah. wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, you know, in the Christian circle, we always, we always, every, obviously a lot of people hate on the prosperity gospel, but I, I do think that it's important to know that a lot of Christians will get caught up in the belief of the prosperity gospel without even realizing that they're mm. caught up oh, in believing it. So, well, like for instance, I mean, I, I, at one point in time, resonated with the, um, Oh, what's his name? He runs elevation church, uh, Stephen Furtick. Okay. Um, I really liked his teaching for a little while because it was, it was in, it was a passionate, here's a passionate preacher and he's talking about how if you can just push through and if you can survive and if you can struggle long enough through that struggle, you will be a stronger, better, more, more blessed Christian for it. And to me, it was just, it was very much like I was in a time of my life where I was broke. I was broker than broke. I was like in debt. Right. And so here I'm listening to this guy just saying like, just struggle through and you have a better life on in the future. And I was like, man, that that's really, that's really hopeful. Like that gives me a lot of hope for the future, you know? Right. Um, and so it's like, I think it's important to note that a lot of times Christians can get caught up in believing the prosperity gospel and not even realize that they're caught in that. Well, I think, I think the reason that is, um, is because we all have a natural tendency to want things easy. Mm-hmm. We we don't want to necessarily, very few people take the hard road just for no reason, yeah. right? Um, but even the people that are willing to take the hard road are believing that the hard road 
leads to a better way, mm -hmm. a faster way, more success down yeah. the road. Like it's going to pay off. Mm -hmm. Right. That's an earthly like idea. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that God God when God's speaking about like eternity, mm -hmm. like like he says in Matthew, like store up your treasures in heaven, yeah. not here on earth where moth and rust will eat away and destroy mm -hmm. them. He's he's saying, yes, you can be faithful and expect better things. But that hope that promises in heaven. Yeah. It's not when you you are out of this three year season of toughness necessarily, yeah. you know? So I think a lot of us want to believe that God doesn't want me to have a permanent hard season mm -hmm. uh, in this life, yeah. right? In this life, we'll push through and we will experience better things in this life. Yeah. And I think that is incorrect. I think when you look at life like that, you're making life, this, this finite mortal life of ours, you're making that the hope and the promise. Yeah. My hope is retirement. My hope is 401k. Mm -hmm. My hope is when I feel better or when I'm not as depressed. And I feel like that is depressing yeah. because what's going to happen is like, I mean, like my example for this is um, there are and I'm going to map this back to the Bible because that's what we're supposed to do here on biblical lenses. But like I had an aunt like who battled cancer for 25 years, mm. 25 years yeah. this woman battled cancer in multiple different ways until she finally died of that cancer. It spread yeah. through her body, through her bones, and it killed her. Yeah. And she was faithful all the way through. Mm. Now, as a faithful woman of God, she is now in the presence of Christ. That's the hope. That's yeah. the promise. No more tears, no more pain. Yeah. But she had pain for 25 years of cancer. She yeah. never got a break from that. Yeah. Right. And, and what it immediately makes me think of is the book of Daniel's like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. The, the quote that made me the, the Bible verse that really made me as a young Christian go, Oh, this is the Christian walk mm -hmm. was when they stood in front of Nebuchadnezzar and said, even if we do mm -hmm. go into the fire, yeah. even if we burn alive, I'm summarizing this obviously, but we will still believe that God is good. So yeah. they were willing to say, we might go in and he might rescue us out of the fire, but mm -hmm. if he delivers us into the fire, if we yeah. singe like chicken yeah. in there, we are still believing that God is good. And that's the attitude that I want to have mm -hmm. because it, it, it sets me up for success. Mm -hmm. It sets me up to recognize every single blessing that I see God give me because yeah. I'm not saying, well, he's supposed to give me more. Yeah. I'm not supposed to be in this season this long. Said who? Says me, mm -hmm. right? It's, yeah. a, it's an earthly desire. Yeah, and I mean, I think like, uh, I think so a lot of times we want, mm, it's, it's, it's a human thing to say like, I want to like live comfortably like here in this life. You know, I want sure. to, you know, I don't want to live in pain. I don't want to be poor or right. whatever like that's not a bad thing like everybody wants to be able to say like i can retire one day and you know like be with my family and stuff right. like that but i think it is important to note that like a life live for jesus doesn't always and especially like when jesus came on the scene because i think that like biblically like when we look at back at the old testament there was a uh there was a an encouragement to live a 
I would say a prosperous life, like a sure. prosperous life showed that you were a righteous man. Gotcha. And we look at men like, like Abraham, like, okay. uh, like Boaz, you know, like a lot of these other guys that were held as pillars of faith and their community, they right. were also very righteous men that lived biblically. And so we look at these guys, but then we like see when Jesus comes on the scene, we see verses that say like, you know, the son of man had no place to lay his head. We right. see, uh, Peter saying, um, you know, at silver and gold have I none, but what I sure. do have, I will give to you on this day. It's like we see a um, Jesus when he comes on the scene, he goes, "This is no longer the the norm that I'm going to set up. I'm going right. to now show you a life that can be lived in humility and not a life that's right." Like the rich, essence. strong ruler comes up to Jesus mm-hmm. and says, "I've done all those things for my yeah. youth. What else do I have to do?" Basically saying. I am everything that the Abrahamic covenant has shown to be a prosperous, faithful, Mm -hmm. not I'm doing, I'm crushing all of those things. What else is there? And Jesus tells him to sell all and follow him. So there's no guarantee Mm -hmm. to those things. And if you have those things, it does not guarantee or prove that you have eternal life or salvation in Christ Jesus, right? It doesn't because Jesus would say to that and he, that rich young ruler, ruler walked away very sad, yeah. very bummed yeah. because it flew in the face of like you're saying in the Old Testament, what was there? That's actually one of the kind of like we're going to kind of walk through five theological errors mm-hmm. of um, of the prosperity gospel. And yeah. one of them is that they would say that um, that the Abrahamic covenant is a means to material entitlement, right? So, hey, we see that God called Abraham, 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 like that's the name, <laughs> Abraham to have great wealth, his, his wealth to be increased, to have descendants like the stars. That's what's available to me as well. Yeah. That's what I'm supposed to have. I'm supposed to walk in that. And that's, I just feel like that's really, really dangerous because what you do is like you discredit other very faithful men and women in the old Testament as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah. wh- how, what, what happened to most faithful prophets mm-hmm. in the old Testament? Yeah. Not I mean, good they, stuff. They were, yeah, brutally, brutally. Brutal. I mean, like even, even, you know, all the, all of the disciples, I mean, right. All of the disciples died in brutal ways. The majority of the first century church died yeah. in Colosseums or at the, at the hands of, of knives or swords. It's like, you know, and nowadays I think it's very easy. And this is where I think the prosperity gospel rings true in the American church, because mm. we have been living in a, a time and a season of just prosperity as a nation, you know, like we haven't really had to, we don't know what it means to put in a hard day's work necessarily. Like be, we were like, we didn't grow up in the depression era where, you know, money was tough. And like, well, even, and even besides that, we, we don't, I mean, you could, you could debate this, I guess, but like there are Christians in other countries that are persecuted yeah. for their faith. And that's what I'm trying to like point out is right. like, I don't think you could, I would say like, how dare you go up to somebody in in a in a third world country who's being persecuted right now by the muslim brotherhood and say you know oh if you just have faith you will live your best life it's like they're gonna look at you and go like okay that's not true right my whole family was just killed yesterday exactly i think a lot of these prosperity preachers will use galatians chapter three it says the blessings of abraham come upon the gentiles in christ jesus right so they're saying Mm -hmm. only the blessings but when they do that they're not they're not reading the rest of of Galatians that says that we might receive the promise of the spirit 
through faith. Yeah. There it is, right? Like, yeah. so what, what is the blessing of Abraham that we would receive the promise of the spirit through faith? Mm-hmm. That is it. Yeah. Like, and when you say we'll receive the promise of the spirit, the spirit that leads us and guides us, where did the spirit lead Jesus? How about into the wilderness for 40 yeah. days to not eat, drink and be tempted by the devil? Well, and better yet, here's a more like practical example. Where did the spirit lead Abraham? Right. Up into a mountaintop to go kill his one and only son. And his faith was that, well, the Lord's going to bring him back from the dead or something. He said that this son was the guy. Right. And so it's like, you know, that's where I think a lot of times people now, yes, Abraham was rescued or Isaac was rescued at the end of the day. Right. But nonetheless, Abraham was ready to plunge a knife through his kid's heart. And so it's right. like, you know, we see this and we see them saying that. And once again, like this just brings us to, to the topic, you know, prosperity gospels and prosperity teachers, they are biblical. They, they bring up biblical examples. <laughs> Well, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, they bring okay. up biblical examples right. of this is what proves my point. But and I'm not I don't want anybody mistaken who's listening to the podcast. I'm not relating them to Satan, but just as like, you know, Satan used partial scriptures to tempt Jesus. A lot of times we have to and why we have this podcast, right. look at the entirety of the topic that's at hand right. and see, OK, verse by verse, does this line up with the theology that they're teaching? Right. Like we can see in Galatians. It doesn't. It's talking right. about a completely different thing. Well, I, it's really easy. This is this is why, like, what is it to have biblical lenses? It's not to look at one passage and then apply that mm-hmm. as a mantra for your life, but it's to look at the totality of scripture or at least try to say, like, ah, I don't know, like, this. does this seem right? Like, mm-hmm. I need to look some other places and see what this says, right? Yeah. And so this is why it's, like, important to have a biblical lens and not a verse lens. Because yeah. when you have a verse lens, you get into all sorts of like you get into all sorts of wacky territory. Like yeah. if I just had a verse lens of, you know, the Lord desires that he has plans to prosper me, not to harm me, give me a hope and a future. Yeah. That's my verse lens mm-hmm. that I live out my life. Then everything that happens to me that's challenging or not fun is from the devil. Mm-hmm. None of it is to encourage me, build me up, train me, challenge me to be more in the image of Jesus. Couldn't be that because yeah. it doesn't match the verse that I've put, I've made my lens out of. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to look at more than just a single first and yeah. you're right that's the danger and, and i mean that's why i think like a lot of times i mean if you ever want to have a well if you're uh i would say a mature christian you want to have a good laugh just wait until like two o'clock in the morning if you can stay up that late and just <laughs> yeah. watch a couple of those like prosperity gospel i mean some of those places are wild i don't know if you've ever seen this but like they'll literally have like a a entire light show and right. they'll say something about like like it's time to sow your seed and like the tithe comes around right. and all of a sudden they have like a treasure chest from the top of the stage open up and there's just like sparklers that like shower the stage and i'm like who designed whoever designed that light show they need to do like beyonce's exactly like that that was the guy that they hired like um but it's like you know like that's just what i think of but like a lot of times when you watch these things they will give you like rapid fire scripture verses like you know like plans to prosper you not to harm you give you a future and a hope like this and that but then like when you dig more into that that verse you realize like oh that verse was written like right before god sent the like the uh the jewish nation into uh, like what was it 70 years of enslavement so it's like you know god is literally telling his people before they go become enslaved right. i have plans for you trust in me right in this time 
now you will also be caught up in slavery and torment <laughs> for the next yeah. 70 years. So it's like, yeah. there was no, there was no future and no hope for that. Well, because another, this is another one of the like false teachings of like prosperity, like gospel or prosperity teachings is that Jesus atonement, it extend, extends to the sin of material poverty, right? Mm-hmm. They say that like, oh, to be sin or excuse me, to be poor, it's a sin. God yeah. didn't want that for you. And like you're saying, they'll quote second Corinthians and they'll say, for, you know, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Mm-hmm. They go, God, I'm, I've even heard prosperity preachers say, God has a big house. God has lots of money. Mm-hmm. And God wants the same for you. And it's mm-hmm. like, what, what he's saying in it is the complete opposite yeah. in second Corinthians there. He's saying God emptied himself to be a servant mm-hmm. so that you would be rich, rich in what rich in goods rich in diamonds and jewels or cars or houses. No. So that you would be rich in the ability to empty yourself. Mm -hmm. You would be filled enough that you can empty yourself for others, empty yourself in the pursuit of Christ. Mm -hmm. So like it's, it's just a, a horrendous reading, but I really do think at a lot of those prosperity, like, like teachings or whatever sermons, I don't even know what you want to call them because it's hard for me to call them a sermon, but Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's just so much energy. There's so much adrenaline. And when you hear 500 people, a thousand people around you saying amen to something, you're thinking, should I, I guess I should say amen to that. I mean, he's promising me good stuff. Why wouldn't I say amen to it? Not even a thousand, try 30,000. That's like what Joel Olstein's church holds. Is like, what is it? Like 30,000 people or something like that. And it's like, you know, you have a whole state. It's like when you go to a football game and you like, I don't even like sports. right? Right. But I one time went to a hockey game and it was like there was i mean just like you were saying a thousand people that were all totally devout to this team just chanting and cheering right and by the end of the game i don't know anything about hockey my first hockey experience in it. i'm just like yeah like gave him those gloves and i you know don't even know what you're saying right well now. they basically got into a fight but i was just right. i was cheering the, the team on you know it's like bro i don't like i that said i don't amazing. hey i don't follow sports. in my mind i'm imagining you at a hockey game screaming <laughs> give them the gloves and a record scratching in the back and 3,000 people looking at you like, what are you talking about? That'd be the best thing ever. Okay, but likewise, I feel like um, I have, (laughs) this is going to be a very weird connection Mm -hmm. or segue into this, but I one time went to medieval times where I watched, I watched knights fight while I ate mutton Uh and, and asked my, my serving wench for more like water. Um, And they would do these things. It's very similar to sports. They would put you in a section and have mm-hmm. you cheer yep. for your night, like yep. the black night, the red night, the green night. And there's this feeling that comes over you in those situations. Like if I cheer loud enough, if I mm-hmm. give enough, like it will motivate my person yep. to succeed, to accomplish, to overcome. Yep. Right. And there's a similar, and this is another one of those five things that's like really theological, theologically wrong is in the prosperity preaching. If I give enough, I will get what I desire. Yeah. Right. If I sow that seed of yeah. faith, which equates to the, the last bit of money that I had that I was saving yeah. for that surgery, then God oh. will return it tenfold yeah. and pay for all of my surgery. Yeah. And there, there's this idea that's milked out there in these prosperity teachings, which is if you get the more you give, the more you get. Mm-hmm. And that is funky. That's funky. I think it's like so. Well, quick story before we go into okay. this about medieval times. So I went as a as a young kid and uh, I was cheering on and I actually thought the guys were dying. I didn't care about anybody else, but as soon as the night that was in our section died, 
I broke down and I bawled the rest of the time. Did you? Until my mom and dad told me it was like just an act. It's so, sad. Yeah, it's, sad. it's it's very sad. But anyways, I don't. Um, I'm not trying to compete with you. But when I went, my night won. Oh really? I'm just well, letting you know. You know, that. it's very. <laughs> it really hurt me. That's all I gotta say. So anyway, so no, but like. I, I would agree with you. I would also say it's not necessarily like, you know, as much as you give, but I think it's also to the prosperity gospel gets really caught up in how much faith you have. Right. And so right. They, they can also say like, oh, you don't necessarily. And I think a lot of preachers now have kind of wised up to this. Like you don't need to give money. Like we don't, we don't necessarily care about your money. You just need to have faith. And a lot of right. times then they'll work in a money aspect into that faith. Sure. But a lot of them are now onto this game of like, you just need to have faith. Right. This will happen and, and continue to have faith through the struggle and continue to have faith that your right. life will get better and then it will eventually it's amazing because again it's back to that have faith now mm-hmm. get more yeah. later right yeah. so in now reap when mm-hmm. it harvests for yeah. you and that's very counterintuitive like luke chapter six right give hoping for nothing in return jesus said to his yeah. disciples i want you to give and i want you to give not just money, obviously, yeah. but Jesus is talking, give your life, give your time, your treasure, your talents, mm-hmm. give all of it, hoping for nothing in return. There's no guarantee. Yeah. And what I might be doing in you is a season of poverty. Mm-hmm. That season might be short. That yeah. season might be long. No man knows the day or the hour that I return. So how is there any guarantee? Mm-hmm. But you give so that you're not disappointed, mm-hmm. but only blessed, right? Yeah. Like you can, you can like... Um, when you get, when me and my wife got married mm-hmm. and I've done a lot of weddings, right? Yeah. I married you yeah. and your wife, we stood there and the words are for better or worse, yeah. for richer or poor yeah. till death. Do you part mm-hmm. right? I now pronounce you man and wife. That is a horrible thing to say at a wedding. Yeah. Unless you truly believe that God is the giver of all good things yeah. and that there's no guarantees in this mm-hmm. life except for death and taxes. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. That's all there's guaranteed well, to you. And I think so like, and, and let, like let's attack this right now because I, I don't think that we're necessarily saying that Christians who are, who have nice things right. are wrong. Oh, and, not saying and that. Like, and so like I, I heard, that. I heard a good story from, uh, from a pastor one time where he was a, he was a youth pastor in California right. um, for a church and a guy rolled up. It was like his first week there being the youth pastor. Sure. A guy rolled up in a, in a Rolls Royce and yeah. parked in the parking lot. And he was like with his boys. It was like his first couple of weeks there. And he sure. told his boys around him like, looks like, see, you don't want to be like that guy. His riches are his stored here on the earth and right. not stored in heaven. And then like, as he continued to be a youth pastor there, he found out that that guy was like a millionaire and he uses 10% of his money as his like living expenses and tithe 90, 90% of the other money. Million. Millions of he dollars. Gives, he gives to organizations like Christian organizations, missionaries. Right. And like, he's just so rich. He can buy a Rolls Royce with 10%. His 10% equates and to a Rolls. He had to eat his, eat his words because he realized that there are some people in this world that they are blessed, but they also recognize that they can be a blessing. And so when we see Christians out there that are rich and let's say they do say like, Hey, the Lord has blessed me tremendously. I don't think they're necessarily saying, Hey, I I have given. And so therefore I have gotten, they're just, they, they are rich. I I think there's, you know, there's also, we also have free agency to be 
good stewards of money mm-hmm. or bad stewards of yeah. money, right? Like I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan. Yeah. So if you podcast Dave Ramsey, he's going to tell you all the time, live like nobody else, save like nobody else right now so that later on you can give like mm-hmm. nobody else, yeah. right? There's a huge component of his message that is Bible-based, right? Like store up, it says in Proverbs, for your children's children. Be wise with your money. It's not saying store it all, hoard it all, yeah. but it's saying work hard and be wise with it. So there, if you're faithful with little, you can be faithful with much. This is a biblical message that mm-hmm. says, don't be a dummy yeah. with money. But it also says like, is are there rich Christians? Yes, yeah. there are. And mm-hmm. praise God for them because they can give more than I can give. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I literally just last week, our church is sending a bunch of junior high and high school students off to camp in Colorado. And they're there's for the weeks that, you know, prior to that, they're saying if anybody wants to sponsor a kid Mm. to go to this camp, you can do so. Just come up and talk to us. Well, I'm a former youth pastor. That sounds great to me. I walk up, I go, I'm interested in sending a kid to camp. Mm -hmm. How much is that? They tell me my jaw drops and I go, I don't got that. Yeah. I wish I had that. I'd love to send a kid. I'd love to send a gaggle of them. Yeah. Possibly a baker's dozen. Yeah. But I don't have that money right mm-hmm. now. I wish I did. Yeah. So it makes me think, boy, I, I would like to accomplish more and have more so I could give more mm-hmm. so it could be more of a blessing. Would love that yeah. so much. So you're right. We should not be looking at people who have money as the enemy, mm-hmm. but we also shouldn't be thinking that um, that getting money has to do with some sort of act of faith because I know a lot of rich people that are faithless mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Right. So what of do you course. say there? Yeah. It's no guarantee. Well, and I think like, so that, that jumps into like point number like three on this kind of like five errors of, of the, uh, of the prosperity gospel. Which is just like, we're at four now. Oh, are we? Did yeah. we? Oh, did you already say three? I, don't yeah, I think we were talking about three. Say that three. Christians give in order to gain material compensation. I don't know if you ever said that. I think God. I did. Okay. That's well, okay. if you did, then Do clearly four. I'm just not. Go for it. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll go for it. just wasn't yeah. as good of a segue. So uh, four is uh, faith is a self-generated spiritual force that leads to prosperity. And, and I think that's partially what we kind of talked about a little bit. But basically, this is the Joel Osteen kind of motto, right? If you just have enough faith in the Lord, even eventually he will reward that faith with some sort of with some sort of prosperity in right the end. this is actually uh years and years ago like a big thing was this book and dvd thing called the secret oh and the secret yeah. was like this pseudo spirituality yeah. that's really really close to what like kenneth copeland would say mm-hmm. which is faith is the thing that activates life and makes things happen that you envision yeah so it's what he's saying is i envision them i want them i want a Lambo. So I'm going to have faith and I'm going to make that Lambo happen. And that is absolutely incorrect. When we think about what faith is, Mm -hmm. faith is not me getting exactly what I want, but it is me getting the desires of my heart because Jesus has changed my heart and made yeah. my heart desire the things that his heart desires. Yeah. And so let, like, let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. Cause I think a lot of people say like they'll, they'll use that verse, especially for prosperity gospel where God gives you the, the desires, desires of, your heart. of your heart. And they right. always say that, but yeah. I think a, a beautiful kind of interpretation of that verse is that, you know, when God is giving you the desires of your heart, it's, it's not the, the selfish desires that we think of, especially as new believers. If like we were to read that verse 
for like uh, unbelievers that read that verse, they just go like, oh, well, the desires of my heart are honestly to like have a bunch of money, get sure. a bunch of women and just die at, you know, 55, a happy man. Like yeah. that's what they think is going to make them happy. What we realize is the desires of our heart as we become Christians, God changes those desires right. to all of a sudden show us. God will say like, I'll give you the desires of your heart. What we realize is that my desire in my heart might be missions or my right. desire in my heart. Might don't be. even know it though. Yeah, exactly. Right. I don't even know that as I'm a Christian, God continually refines me all of a sudden 10 years down the line. Right. I'm now a missionary. In and Africa. this is like, this is the, the salvation into sanctification yeah. as God is progressing us as Christians. And I think, right. You, like you want to pair a scripture with that, like that God will give you the desires of your heart. You got to go all the way back to Ezekiel mm-hmm. 36, right? Here's what it says. I will give you a new heart mm-hmm. and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. So if God is the one that gave you your new heart, mm-hmm then he's the one that defined it and he's the one that's going to refine it. Mm-hmm. And he know like he's the one that is illuminating the things in your heart, mm-hmm. this new heart that he's yeah. given you. It's his property, yeah. right? It's like, I'm a new creation in Christ. Therefore, the things that are going to come out of me need to ha- be spurred on by God, not my old ways yeah. or my own desires. If you're a Christian and you say, the desires of my heart are the exact same things that I used to want before I was mm-hmm. a Christian, we got a real problem. We have to really sit down and talk and say, uh, are those either A, really your desires, or B, do you really have a new heart? Yeah. Because there's no way that if you used to want Lambo and babes, and you go, but now I'm going to church, and I want Lambos and babes, yeah. we might have a problem still. Well, and like, you know, like you, you, you have said consistently before is like the, you know, the, the, the desires of your heart are wicked above all else. Wicked. You know, who, who can trust the heart of man? It's like, exactly. you know, it's, like you were saying, the old nature is, is I want, I want, I want sure. the new nature is I, I need to give, you know, I need to, I need to give this away. I need to give that away now. And also I've, re- I've received. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And I think that's a big part is like what, what, what you were saying before we started the podcast was just that, you know, the blessing that we have as Christians is recognizing the, the sanctifying grace that mm-hmm. has come into our lives. Yeah. That is the best thing that has ever happened to us. All other things are just extra on sure. top. It's yep. like we were saved from hell for heaven. Yep. So now we can say everything else, whether that be that I get one more dollar in this right. life and then I die or that I get a hundred million more dollars and right. then I die. Everything else is extra on top of the glory that God has given us. Right. And so that is the idea that like faith is some sort of self-generated spiritual force that leads to prosperity because what what's crazy and, and, And we'll move on to the next point here. But like the crazy thing about that idea, which is so unbiblical, is when we we read in Hebrews chapter 11, it's literally called the hall of faithful men and women or the hall of heroes. Mm -hmm. And it says it starts out and says some put armies to flight and conquered nations and closed the mouths of lions. Mm -hmm. And then right after it, it doesn't like skip a beat. It's not saying, and the next ones are unfaithful. Mm -hmm. No, it's still going. And these also ones that were faithful um, were sawn in half, not side to side, top to bottom or were eaten by lions or devoured by enemies. And so 
All of those mentioned in Hebrews 11 are faithful, yet some of them had a horrific outcome and some of them had a less than horrific outcome. And so to say that we're all guaranteed that God does not desire is to completely refute scripture. Yeah. It's a completely unscriptural idea, which leads us to the last kind of like theological issue, Mm -hmm. which is that. Um, in this faith that you have, that prayer is a tool to force God's hand and grant you prosperity. So uh, the the prosperity gospel would say, have you prayed enough? Because if you haven't prayed and if you don't have what you're seeking, it's because you haven't prayed enough. You either don't have faith or you haven't put that faith to action and prayed enough yeah. and and basically made God give you yeah. what you deserve manifested. Ooh, yeah. What that's you brutal. Yeah. Scary. And I think like, and that's where like we, we can even talk about a little bit. Um, you know, there are some of those like name it and claim it churches. I mean, sure. Especially like churches like Benny Hinn and stuff like that. Like yep. he's a big pastor uh, that was a proponent of that. Where basically like if, if he would pray for you, you would be healed because right. of his faith or your faith. And, right. and like, and then there are some other churches that kind of get into it a little bit. Like I think, nowadays like Bethel is starting to like tiptoe around this area and even like in the Christian community like Bethel has talked about a little bit whether you believe it or not the Christian community is starting to feel kind of like this they would kind of label it like that but it's like where you would say you know it's it's by your faith that you are healed or it's by it's by the faith of whoever's praying for you like and if you're not healed well now it's a faith issue right well they would quote james 4 right you have not because you ask which tries to tries to imply that if you ask oh you will have Mm -hmm. and that's a real problem and that's where i think like a lot of times you know scripture like when we refute that it's like we we talk about paul Paul's, Paul's classic lines where he says like, you know, I have this thorn in my flesh and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed sure. for the Lord to take it away. And he has not. And, you know, here's a man that, you know, would wipe his brow with a cloth, throw it to the side and somebody would touch it and be healed. You right. know, it's like, so he clearly has, I can do, I can do that. Well, okay. You can't. Well, I mean, well, you had a cold the other day and, and I wiped my head and you touched I, it and you stopped. Nice coughing. try. Well, not, you no. feel good now, don't you? No, I just said, I'm like, I'm, all so I'm saying you, is I'm like a human echinacea. Oh, that's, so you just have to rub up on a little bit and you (laughs) (laughs) look uh no but i mean like the the but the point is though is that you know it's not always necessarily a faith issue and we see that you know in in like i said the scriptures where paul is talking right like um so a creflo dollar creflo dollar which you gotta love but he didn't like try to change his last name before he got into ministry he just kept it as dollar but he says like when we pray believing we've already received what we are praying Mm -hmm. God has, check this out, God has no choice but to make our prayers come to pass. It's the key to getting results as a Christian. He literally just took the sovereignty away from God and said, nope, the sovereignty is yours. God has no choice. He has to do what you say. Mm -hmm. That is blasphemous. Yeah. That is crazy. Well, and I mean, it also just puts God into a box. And I think that's where like a lot of times you can kind of nest, like you can kind of tell where prosperity gospel is going to, right. because it puts God into a box of what he can and can't do with sure. your life. And so if you're having a bad life, he has to make it better. Okay. If so I have a question. A good life. He has to continue to keep it. Good. So my question, I have a question then. Yeah. Is it bad Nolan to pray for personal blessing? 
Is it bad to pray for a raise at work? Is it bad to pray for those things? No, I mean, I, I don't think it would be. I just, just the same, like, I don't think you, it's, it's bad that you, you pray for, for well-being. Like you pray for healthiness. Like, um, you know, I, I just think that it is something that you have to distinguish between if you, if you don't get that, will that then turn your faith away from God? Or if like, if you right. don't have that, does that does that then mean that you were wrong in what you believe? Right. I right. think, and I think what you're hitting on and we're going to start like kind of, kind of like closing it down here. But like, I think what you're hitting on is a really good point because there are side effects of believing the prosperity gospel is believing that you're doing something wrong when things don't go your way. Mm -hmm. I can't see any other way around it. Like yeah. I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of a prosperity gospel believing person that says, um, I'm supposed to be healthy mm -hmm. and I'm sick. Mm -hmm. Like, like, you know, terminally ill. Yeah. And so either it's like, I feel like I've done something wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm not living up to my full potential. Mm -hmm. It's my fault that I'm sick. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the fact that I'm living in a broken world mm -hmm. that's imperfect. It has everything to do with me. And so now in, instead of just being sick and terminally ill, yeah. I'm terminally ill and depressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can't figure out what I'm doing wrong. Mm -hmm. And I don't have any more money because I've given it all to try to be healed. Yeah. So I can't pay for my medical bills, but it's all my fault. Do you see like the weight and the condemnation? Mm -hmm. So like, it's not just what they say or what they write in their books that I'm guaranteed going to turn around in Barnes and Nobles anytime I see them. It's the, it's the effects that it has on us that it's not conviction that leads to repentance, that leads to deeper intimacy with Christ. It's condemnation yeah. that leads to frustration and raising my hand at God and saying, I'm angry at you because you're not doing what I'm telling you to do. Yeah. That's well, dangerous. And, and I mean, I think like there's, there is a like a, uh, a distinguishment that we have to make yeah. when we talk about prosperity. I think that if you do follow the commandments of God, not necessarily that you will have like the cattle on a thousand hills, okay. but I do think that like Dave Ramsey says, like you can be financially stable, right? Like, cause the Bible has many good things to say about, about finances, things like, Hey, don't be like, don't get into debt. Like, right. you know, that is going to be a bad road for you. But how many Americans in, in today's society are just like, yeah, like I'm going to go $50,000 into debt on this thing, right. or I'm going to go hundred thousand dollars into debt on this. And then, and then they're in a bad place financially and they're going, Oh, well, I just need to continue to struggle through. It's like, no, did no. you listen to the commandments of the Lord? No, you didn't. You instead bought that $50,000 right. truck that you didn't need. So it's like, I think that, but that's like why we, why we would make the distinguishing like the distinguishing remark that Dave Ramsey is not a prosperity gospel teacher, right? He just recognizes that you can do more for the kingdom of the Lord with your finances, right? When you are financially financially stable than when you're not. And I've seen people hate on Dave Ramsey. I've seen oh, people yeah. say, I don't like that guy's smug look yeah. while he's holding scissors and credit cards on the covers of his book. And I'm like, yeah. why is he holding scissors and credit cards? Cause he, he doesn't want you to be a dummy yeah. and be in debt. Yeah. He wants you to say, I, I live on the money that I make. I don't, try to buy something on a loan besides a home. Mm -hmm. He'll recommend yeah. that you do that. But he's like, if you buy a car, buy that thing with cash. Why? Because you live like grandma in the cookie jar. You've saved and saving 
takes a lot of biblical principles, Mm -hmm. patience, determination, consistency. Mm -hmm. These are all biblical principles versus the, the prosperity gospel is the lotto ticket theology. It's I'm giving and I'm, I'm really believing I'm going to get, and I'm going to play my numbers right. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get the payout that I think I deserve. They they are very smart in in the testimonies that they use. I don't think, and this kind of like maybe brings us to the last point, whereas like, I think a lot of prosperity gospel teachers might fully believe in what they're teaching. I think I don't think that they're like a lot of times we attribute them to wolf in sheep's clothing. Some are, some are, you're right. Some are just purely in it for the money. Right. But I think that there are some other men. And this is why I kind of have a little bit of conviction about like always ratting on like uh, Joel Olsen, because I I genuinely probably think that this, well, I mean, I don't know the heart of man. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't know the heart of man, but it's like, I might know the heart of (laughs) J.O. But I don't know hard man. <laughs> oh man, if you ever listen to the podcast, he's just gonna unsubscribe. Um, We're a bunch of nobody. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's like you know, I I genuinely think that some of these guys will listen to these stories. And they might have somebody that emails them that's like, you know, I gave the last ten dollars that I had to your ministry, and the next morning I woke up and I had an insurance check for thirty thousand dollars in my bank account. Maybe. And it's like you know, you hear those, or I've 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 heard like my mom. My mom was a missionary. My dad was a missionary for many years and they would say that like I chose to be a missionary for the Lord I didn't know how I was going to make it I just put my faith into what I felt God was calling me to do and next day I had a brown paper bag of money in my mailbox and it's like you know and I don't have have a problem with that exactly I don't have a problem with that kind of faith yeah I have a problem with formulaic faith yeah that says one dollar gets me ten ten gets me a hundred hundred gets me a thousand and I think that's I think that's the distinguishing mark that we're trying to Right. Is and that it's, yeah. when you try to put money to get money, yeah. that's the problem. When yes. you're just walking out your walking out your life, walking out your faith because you believe God has called you to something, and then He blesses you on top of that right. with whatever financial. I have had a check show up out of nowhere mm-hmm. when I was at my lowest. Mm-hmm. And I've also been dumb with my money yeah. and not had a check yeah. show up. Yeah. Right. I I've I, there's I've done every version of this. Mm-hmm. Like Hey, we have to pay a medical bill. We ain't got the money. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have had to pay a medical bill. Wow. Where'd that money come from? Yeah. Like I've had every one of those happen and it's, there's just no formula to it. Faith is not to get an outcome. Faith is the byproduct of understanding what we've received. Mm-hmm. Right. I also on a complete side note, do think that if J.O. listens to this podcast, um, we might start seeing black escalades, like roll, follow us and roll up and put, would that start freaking you out? Just, Next time you were at Chick-fil-A, there was just a black like escalade behind you in the drive through You'd be like, oh, he listened to episode seven. Oh, no. We've just turned J.O. into some gangster. Like, <laughs> amazing. Oh, man. No, but like at the same time, though, you know, when we when we talk about prosperity gospel, I, I do think it's it's important to note that, like, you know, most people that listen, it's not something that they've just been caught up in the right. trap of it. And, right. and I think it's good to have those dialogues with people, but in a manner of just not humility, but right. just tenderness. Like, okay. cause a lot of times people really get involved with that. Just like I said, like I myself for a while kind of like got caught up in it because I was in a really low place and uh-huh. I was listening to something. And maybe as Christians, we need to get better at doing that. Cause I think a lot of times as Christians, we are big into the, Hey, like let's share in our victories and let's right. share. In, but we're not really able to say like, Hey, 
I just, I just lost the last $10,000 that my family had in our savings. Right. right. And now we're living paycheck to paycheck and I don't know how I'm going to survive. So, so speaking of that, uh, while we're on the topic, um, any donations can be sent to uh, <laughs> biblical lenses, uh, at biblical lenses on Twitter. No, I'm just kidding. Please. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> seriously, if you we'll want to, if you, cloth, wanna, if you, yeah, want. If you want to yeah. support the, prayer, the, the, the podcast, uh, we'll send you a, a prayer cloth, uh, in the mail and, uh, you just put it on your face and it's like, and echinacea. it will heal you. It will yeah. heal you. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> we won't. I'm just kidding. So oh. um, that is, I think that's the episode. That's the episode. Let's that's, end it on just baiting for money. Let's that's just end good. it on support for the podcast like a, like a bunch oh, of prosperity man. pimps. Um, but uh, you don't have to support the podcast, but you could check it out, share it, like it, uh, and recommend it in whatever podcast player that you're listening to this on. Again, you can find us on Twitter at Biblical Lenses, online at biblicallenses.com where we have all the show notes and timestamps, all that kind of good stuff. We're trying to get organized and get you the stuff you need to make you think through and see things through a biblical lens. We will see you in the next episode. See you in the next episode.